This is an All Ears English podcast episode 171. Learn how to hack your American eating habits with a food expert. Welcome to the All Ears English podcast, where you'll finally get real native English conversation and fluency for business and life. We believe in connection, not perfection, when it comes to learning English. Now, here are your hosts, Lindsay McMahon, the English adventurer, and Aubrey Carter, the IELTS whiz, coming to you from Arizona and Boston, USA. Food blogger and magazine editor Grace Lentini is on the mic today to discuss cuisine and portion sizes in the U.S. You'll learn cultural insights so that you're ready for your next American dining experience. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, Lindsay, how are you? Awesome, Aubrey. I'm excited to talk about food today. Who doesn't love food? <laughs> I know. I'm a total foodie. I love food. Actually, just last night, this is funny because my sister bought us sandwiches and mm -hmm. the one that she brought me was gigantic. It was mm. like 12 inches long oh. just for me. <laughs> like, what, Whoa. What am I? And, and a lot of sandwiches, if there's like mayonnaise, mayo or oils and things on them, they're uh -huh. not good left over. Like, Oh, you gotta true. eat it they then. Get soggy, don't it's they? soggy and nasty. Mm -hmm. I ate way more than I should have because I didn't want to waste it, and then I felt <laughs> sick. Oh no! <laughs> Portion control is not our forte in America. You know, it's so funny. I do feel that so heavily in the U.S., and we're probably going to talk about this later a little bit more, so we won't talk too much. But I think there's a kind of a weird pressure when you go to a restaurant to like finish your dish in the states. I'm that way. I, yeah. I think maybe my parents insisted we finish what was on our plate growing up, and it comes from that. Mm -hmm. But I do, I feel bad throwing away food. I feel bad wasting food. And some of it you can take to go and some of it doesn't right. last. And so then I end up eating more than I should. But it's so interesting if you compare it to, you know, like living in Japan. And I, I guess we'll talk about this in a bit, but eating so much less and just yeah, sharing just smaller plates. portions and sharing, sharing, <laughs> and sharing. Yes. You know, like you go to a, you know, is a Kaya after work and this is dinner. It's 9 p.m. But between 20 people, you might get like 10 plates and people are just grabbing things. And then you go home and you've eaten like half of what you'd eat in the U.S. That's and so... you're fine. Yeah, right. That's how it should be, really. We kind could of. make some improvements here. This is going to be interesting, guys. Today, Grace Lentini, she's a food blogger. She is here to share some of her expertise. Mm -hmm. She is really, she's a, uh, the editor of four lifestyle magazines. And she also oh. writes the blog Graceful Dining. And this is an interesting topic about food culture in the United States. So I'm excited to have her here to discuss this with us today. 
Okay. I'm so excited. So what are we going to get into then? What's the first tip that she's going to have for us? Yeah, we we had her focus a little bit on tips for how to be health conscious, especially if any of you listening are coming to the United States. It's good for you to know like what portions to expect, what types of foods to expect, what can you say to maybe ask for something to be prepared more healthily. So this is going to be really useful for you guys. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's go into Grace's first tip. She's going to talk about the thing we all have to do when we're in New England, which is, of course, try the seafood, right? Yes. Let's hear about that. The first thing I think about, you know, if, if, if anyone comes to New England, you have to have the seafood. Yes. Yes. Englanders are so connected to the ocean. There's been um, entire industries, you know, based on seafood and It's just quintessential New England. You know, first things that come to my mind, if you're going to be in Boston, for example, or Massachusetts, the fishing industry is huge. You know, you've got to try the codfish. If you're going to be in Maine, you have to try the lobster. There's no other place that you can get amazing Maine lobster than, you know, than in New England. And, of course, Rhode Island, um, you have to try the squid, um, which you can have calamari from that Hmm. and uh, actually the official state appetizer is calamari oh i didn't know that yeah thank god our legislature took time out of their day to uh, make sure we had an official state appetizer (laughs) (laughs) but aside from that you also really have to try some of the amazing shellfish we have like the quahogs which are really big clams or oysters on the half shell seafood 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 Ooh, some really interesting vocabulary in there. I had never heard of quahogs, right? I guess they're giant clams. Yeah, those are always on the menu in New England. Yes. Mm -hmm. That sounds delicious. And they use it to make clam chowder. I love clam chowder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm like, I'm from this area, right? This is my upbringing and my roots kind of. Your stomping grounds. Yeah, yeah, kind of stomping grounds. Great vocabulary, by the way. Uh, Meaning what? Meaning, yeah, meaning where you grew up, where you frequent, where you're used to being. Yeah, and it's true. I think the ocean is really in the hearts of New Englanders. You know, mm-hmm. the industry, the fishing industry. My parents live in a little, kind of like a fishing village. Like they live on the harbor in a little fishing village, and there's something special about the salt, the salt air, just that life. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yes, for sure. And she used this really interesting word, quintessential. She said it's quintessential New England. This means Mm -hmm. uh, the most perfect or typical example. So that's really appropriate to say that seafood is quintessential New Mm -hmm. England. Yeah, guys, write down that word because that is going to be a very useful word for you. Even if you're taking the IELTS exam, I would imagine that word could come up a lot on IELTS in the speaking test. You could use it a lot. Yeah, that's a band nine Mm -hmm. vocabulary word. And it's an easy adjective to use to describe anything that is a a good typical example of something. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, I'm excited to get into her next clip here. Yeah, she's going to share details about a stuffy, which I had never heard of this before since I'm not from New England. If I say Mm -hmm. stuffy, I mean a plush toy, a stuffed animal that my kid would have, right? (laughs) Right, 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 right. But I guess it's a food. So let's hear about that. It's called a stuffy. So it's a stuffed clam. So you take half of the clam, uh, half of the clam shell, you chop up the clam itself, mm-hmm. you, you know, do a bunch of uh, like bread stuffing and you can put maybe like some linguisa or chorizo, some like Portuguese sausage in there. And then you bake it with a bunch of spices and you serve it with a little lemon and Tabasco and it's amazing. 
Okay, this sounds delicious. Have you ever had a stuffy, Lindsay? I have. Yeah, yeah. I haven't had them much, but that is definitely a thing. If you go to any um, like fish shop in New England, you're going to see them in the counter right there for sure. Sounds so good. It reminds me a little bit of crab cakes, but with clam. And I love crab cakes. Yeah. And crab cakes are kind of more famous in the mid-Atlantic region, right? Mm. Maryland, Delaware. That's where you want to go for crab. Interesting. I know here in Phoenix, maybe we don't get the best seafood. <laughs> <don't> so <laughs> I need to head to New England to order yeah. some seafood. Have you ever been sure. to Boston or New England or anywhere up there? Yes. Yeah. yeah. When yeah, I was living in Vermont. New York City, mm-hmm. I took the Chinatown mm-hmm. bus to Boston okay. to visit okay. a friend. Good. And then I've gone with my partner as well. And we yeah. both loved Boston. We did go up through Maine. Okay. Um, Good. And yeah, we, we did get some seafood. What There was a little town called Cape May, which was right on the ocean and we went to a little seafood place that was like overlooking the ocean and it was just so picturesque it was beautiful cool so fun okay so let's get into Mm -hmm. portion sizes a little bit right Mm. portion sizes in the u.s unfortunately are sometimes a little too big giant portion sizes i know so let's hear from grace here and then we'll have a little commentary (laughs) perfect a big thing in the United States, New England, anywhere, is just portion sizes. Yeah. You know, people come here and you are just overwhelmed with the amount of food that comes on a plate in a restaurant. Yeah. And one of the first things that you can do is when you look at a plate, you can say to yourself, okay, this could feed two people. <laughs> right. And so I'm not going to eat the whole thing. So it's portion control, the first thing. Yeah. So she kind of has a tip, right? If you can see that it can feed two people, be smart and decide to split it, right? Mm-hmm. That's exactly. a good strategy. And the trick for me is to decide that in advance. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. yeah. sometimes when I'm meeting out, the people I'm with aren't willing to share. <laughs> yeah. And that's what's unfortunate because I'm always up for I'm always asking everyone, do you want to split that? Like they'll say they're interested in something, want to share that because I always <laughs> know it'll be enough to feed two people. Totally. But I know the mentality. A lot of Americans just don't want anything to do with the whole communal eating thing. They just want Mm. their dish. They want a big dish of food when they go out to a restaurant. And for some reason, it's just not as much a part of our culture to do like the tapas style or even just share with one person. It's true. It's so interesting. My sister's that way. She will do not even ask her to share a meal. I bet you annoy her when you ask her. She's like, no, she wants to take half of it home and eat it the next day. And she doesn't even want you to taste her meal. She's like, get your fork out of here. I know it's so funny. That I don't like. I don't like that. I I want to taste everyone's food. Yeah. (laughs) You're the one going around. Hey, can I taste that? Hey, do you want to share? They're lucky if I ask. I might just take a bite. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But I love the idea, too, of um, once you see it, right, if you haven't decided to share Mm -hmm. to yourself, like just split it in half, set it aside, maybe ask for a box right then and wrap Mm -hmm. up half and just have it sitting there so that you don't end up eating more anyway. Right. Right. Decide right when you see it. 
is yeah. this more food than I need? And do yeah. something about it right then. Yeah. And we can do another episode, great episode idea again, right? Of um, how to ask for a box or a doggy bag or a, you know, something like that to go yeah, back. That's evolving um, a little bit, right? I always just say, can I have a box? Yeah, for sure. Right. Because now I think they just give you the box at the table and you put your food in there. But yes. before, I think they used to go, some, some restaurants would make like a duck shaped thing out of, do you know what I'm talking oh, about? Yes. Aluminum foil. <laughs> if it's duck, they probably still do that. Yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but yeah, but it's true. I mean, it's a good strategy to just put it in a box, I guess, even though it might feel kind of rude or awkward. Um, yeah. because what I, it ends up sitting in front of you and then everyone else is still eating and eating too much and it tasted good. So you're probably going to keep eating. <laughs> exactly. Right. You have to force yourself to stop. So mm-hmm. she's going to talk a little bit more about sharing and why mm-hmm. this is important. So let's go ahead and hear that here. Another thing, and, and one of you had suggested it is sharing, you know, one of mm-hmm. the best things about going to a new restaurant is trying as many different things as possible. And if each of you gets one dish and that's all you get, it's, I mean, it's fun and it's delicious, but why not get a couple of smaller appetizers so you can try a lot of different things and Mm. then you share and you might eat less, maybe. Okay. This is interesting because it's very cultural. It's always okay in the United States. You can always share an entree, but every now and then there will be a a split plate charge. Mm -hmm. It'll probably say it at the bottom of the menu. And this is usually more for fine dining, right? For very nice restaurants. But that's very common in other cultures I found in other countries. That they charge you for split plate? Mm -hmm. At least in Europe, right? My mom Mm -hmm. and I were traveling in Italy and we were trying to go on a budget and Mm -hmm. it was like a pasta place. And so we ordered one entree and we were going to share it. Uh And then we ended up when we got the bill, the shared plate fee was almost the same as the second entree. Oh my gosh. Ooh, if we'd have known that, we would have just ordered two entrees. So this is very interesting interesting how it's different country by country. But as far as the United States, most entrees are enough to share and there usually is not a charge to share it. Yeah. No, usually you just ask for an extra plate. It's usually not a big deal. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. And often they'll even share it, split it for you. They'll say, would Mm -hmm. you like us to split it? And they're just going to divide that that entree into two portions and give you each your own plate. That's ideal. Yeah, I love it. When my partner and I travel in the U.S. or outside the U.S., we find it's good to get split one main dish and then Mm. split one appetizer. For us, that's Mm -hmm. enough, you know? Yeah, it's plenty, right? If you're each going to get a little salad, splitting Mm -hmm. one entree is plenty, especially if you're out walking and being active. The last thing you want is to be really full and uncomfortable. I hate that feeling. It's the worst feeling. It's the worst feeling. You know, it tastes so good. You're like, oh, this is going to be great. And then you always feel awful when you get home. Right? We want to avoid that for sure. Mm -hmm. And another thing to think about is how foods are prepared. Mm -hmm. So this is really interesting. We're going to hear from Grace a little bit about thinking about the different ways your food could be prepared and how you can ask for it to be prepared in a more healthy manner. So let's hear that. Also talking about, um, you know, health conscious meals. Um, so much, so much of this new England seafood is, is fried, which is delicious, but Mm. there are healthier options Mm -hmm. and really healthy options instead of being fried are, you can ask, um, if they have any of the seafood baked, Mm. grilled, broiled, boiled. Okay. This is interesting, right? She had that example of saying, is any of your seafood grilled or is any of your seafood boiled, broiled? Because a lot of things will be fried when it comes to seafood, especially. And if you're trying to have a more healthy option, you might not want to eat fried foods. Yeah. I also kind of think... hmm. 
this might there you might be able to prove me wrong on this, but I kind of think that in a place like New England, if you go to a restaurant where all the seafood is fried, it might be a sign it's a bad restaurant. Right. There are exceptions to this if they're known for fried seafood, but if everything's fried, like why do you need to fry it? You know what I mean? Some things are good fried, but other things are great just grilled, a sword fit. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it it's it can be a bad sign. That's a good point, <laughs> right? Find a new restaurant where there's yeah. some other options there, right? And <laughs> one sure. thing to, to note is that in the United States, it's really accepted to ask for things to be to have changes made. For example, if you see that the codfish is only fried, you Mm -hmm. can say, I'd like to order the codfish, but can you please broil it, for example. And in general, this isn't going to offend. They'll either let you know if that's possible or not. You know, they'll say like, sure. Or they'll say, sorry, we can't do that. They're not going to be offended. Whereas maybe in other cultures, if you're asking for changes to a menu, that might be a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That could be another good episode idea. You know, changing a meal customizing a meal for you, right? Um, All right. So getting into um, the method, you know, different ways to cook. We're going into broil versus There's some interesting vocabulary here, yeah, about the different ways to cook something. So yeah, let's hear that. So when you broil something with an R, you're taking something and putting it in an oven in a very hot portion of the onion. Uh, uh, of the oven, excuse me. And so it's being cooked under direct heat. Okay. As opposed to being, you know, coated in a batter and fried in a Mm. fry later in oil. Mm. And if you are boiling something, B-O-I-L, you're putting it in water and cooking it until it's finished. So when, when you bake something, you know, fish or something, it's usually at about 350 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm. If you broil something, B-R-O-I-L, then you're typically um, cooking it at a high heat, maybe in the 500s or, you know, mid 400 range. Oh, these are such great descriptions for mm-hmm. these different cooking methods. Which um, method do you prefer to use, Lindsay? I know you're not the hugest chef. I'm not a big cook, but <laughs> definitely not broil. I Again, I still don't think I'd know how to do that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, I probably broil things the most. Oh, really? Interesting. Right? Okay. That's where you just set your mm-hmm. oven to 500 and stick it on the top rack. Okay. I broil vegetables all the time okay. and meats yeah. especially. Or just if you want to like get a char, like brown something uh, up. Okay. That's when you're going to broil it. All right. Maybe sweet potatoes for example. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's not as fancy as I think it is. <laughs> I don't know. I just like a good, like just put it in the oven, you know, sweet potatoes or something like that. Um, yeah. What about you, Aubrey? Yeah. Um, I've actually started using an air fryer a ton. Oh. They have um, air fryers that are standalone or separate attachments and it just uses air to fry something so you can get a really crispy finish on like chicken wings or veggies and my kids will eat it a lot better so that's like a new Uh, a little bit newer way to cook that I'm loving okay awesome so good now she then talks about raw seafood this is interesting I love sushi but there are other aspects of raw seafood that I don't love but let's hear her thoughts on that (laughs) to experience local seafood is to have it raw, which may sound a little scary because if it's raw, does that mean it's still alive? Well, I hope so because that's how you want to eat it. If it's not alive, don't eat it. Wow. (laughs) So you can have oysters on the half shell, which is really delicious. It's not for everybody, Mm. but um, some people think it's an aphrodisiac and that's reason enough for me to eat it. (laughs) (laughs) So... They'll take an oyster, which is a shellfish. It's um, 
and, and then they'll shuck it. So they'll cut it in half and they'll take the top half of the oyster shell off. And then sitting in the bottom half of the oyster shell is actually the oyster. And then what you do is you squeeze a little lemon on it and a little bit of cocktail sauce, mm. which usually is made of tomato, a little horseradish, um, and a couple other things I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, and you just slurp it down. Okay, Lindsay, do you like <laughs> oysters on the half shell? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Although once I did have oysters in San Francisco and I got super sick, but I don't know if it was because of the oysters, but I have oysters all the time in New England. The first Um, time I ever ate one, there was a big chunk of shell that I almost broke a tooth on. And since then, I just can't do it. I can't. Oh, that makes sense. It is very, you really feel like you're just taking a bite of the ocean. It's very briny and it Mm -hmm. feels very intense, but oysters with a nice glass of white wine, it's good stuff. In the summer in New England, oh, there's nothing like it. I know. I love that verb that she used. You slurp it down. Yeah. That's a very much, I imagine that sound of like. (laughs) That's a bonus verb for today, guys. We're getting really interesting in our verbs, right? Slurp. S-L-U-R-P. So good. Awesome. Okay. And then. Her final tip here is about, this is really a healthy choice, is about asking for dressing on the side. Let's hear mm-hmm. about that. Even a salad, if, 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 if the chef dresses it, you know, they put on what they think the right amount is. And, you know, so, sometimes it's, you know, a light amount, but sometimes it's really dripping yeah. with all of that dressing. And it's too much. So if you have it on the side, it's a more controllable quantity to Definitely. put into your body. Okay. Interesting. I do this a lot of restaurants anymore. I feel like automatically put dressing on the side, but it's really wise to ask just in case they don't. And Mm -hmm. it's true. Sometimes the salad will be just dripping with dressing, like she said. Yes. So let's talk about phrases you guys can use to Mm -hmm. ask to have something on the side. You can just say, can I have the dressing on the side? Yeah. Or Or if you don't want a sauce. Yeah. Right. I love how native and natural this one is. Hold the mayo. Or no mayo or without mayo, right? But hold the mayo is is really that local one. Totally. One. Very native and natural. Mm-hmm. I imagine the chef in the back yelling that, hold the mayo. Like, don't <laughs> exactly. put mayo on that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Our listeners have probably heard that in a movie somewhere at some for point, sure. right? Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, thank you so much, Grace, for being on the podcast. These were such really interesting tips about food culture in the United States. Yes. And I think this is going to be really helpful for you guys. Yeah, guys, check out Grace Lentini's blog and what she's doing online with food these days. Such good stuff. And I'm going to go have some lunch. <laughs> yes, right. Are you starving now? <laughs> yeah, totally. All right, Aubrey. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to All Ears English. And if you believe in connection, not perfection, follow our show wherever you listen to podcasts to make sure you don't miss anything. See you next time.